turning with me to the book of Ezekiel and chapter 18 book of Ezekiel and chapter 18 tonight we'll I think we'll only be dealing with verse 24 and the thought that we have presented here in verse 24 is that of apostasy that of apostasy let us let us read verse 24 remembering that in the previous messages we've looked at God's laws regarding the righteous and God's laws regarding the wicked and we looked last week at God's law governing those that repent so tonight will be God's law governing apostasy. Reading in verse 24, But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness, and committeth iniquity, and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he hath trespassed, and in his sin that he hath sinned. In them, in his sin, he shall die. this case this is example that the Lord God gives us here is one concerning one who has made a profession of faith he's made a profession of faith and he's made a convincing profession of faith he's even walked seemingly as a righteous man, he has walked. You, you couldn't tell a dif the difference between him and one who is truly righteous and, and walking in the paths of the Lord and the ways of the Lord. But the distinguishing mark comes in when he turns away from that and notice the tense verb again there. I, I point that out to you because it turneth. It, 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 once again, it, it denotes a, a continuing process for the rest of his life. He turneth away from God. He turneth away from walking those paths of righteousness and he committeth 
denoting once again an ever continuing process of committing iniquity right up till the time of his death. It might be 20 years, 30 years, it might ten, be 10 years, it might only be five years. But he's turned away from God. He's turned away from that life. He's, he's gotten tired, shall we say, of, of playing, as some would say, goody two-shoes. He's gotten tired of going to church and listening to the preaching of the Word and listening to those, those Christians talk and praise, praise God for it. Why should, why should they praise God? I've done it. They're doing it. They should get to praise. They should get to honor. They should get their glory. <laughs> no. You see, he doesn't get it. <laughs> he doesn't understand. We do what we do because God has changed us. God has given us a new heart. One who has truly repented of their sins and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ turns from their life of sin. And they willingly turn from their life of sin. And yes, they continue to commit sins the rest of their life, but they don't like it. And they strive. They strive and labor to walk in righteous paths. They strive and labor to bring honor and glory and praise unto the Lord. For he is deserving. Turn with me to the book of Romans. The book of Romans in chapter 6. Reading verses 1 through 6 in this passage. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You see, <laughs> we're to be dead to sin. We died to sin. We're now alive unto God. Continue reading, verse 3. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That's what, what it pictures when we come up out of the waters of baptism. When we come up out of that watery grave, it pictures a new creature to walk in a new way, new way of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man 
the old nature, the old way of life is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin. You see, we're not, not to serve sin. We're not to walk in sin. We're not to alive in sin. We're dead to sin. Down to verse, verses 12 and 13. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. You see, there's the difference. We don't let it reign. It doesn't have the rule over us. That, that man in our text who, who turns away, turneth away and committeth iniquity, he has gone to letting it rule. He never stopped from letting it rule in his life. We just could not see what was on the inside. But God knew all along. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That's what... what we gladly yield unto God. I wish that, that I did it always. I wish I did it all the time. I wish that I was always submitted to the Father. To His rule in my life. Chapter 6, or verse, verses 16 through 18. Know ye not? That to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Don't you know that? You see that imposter, that one who simply made a profession of faith, but there was nothing to it. And, and, and after a while, after a time, he manifests that he's still the servant of Satan. He's still the servant of sin. By the life which he turns to. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye, that we, were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart, from the inner man, that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. You see, we've been freed. We don't have to serve sin. We don't have to let sin reign. Before, there was nothing we could do about it. Sin just reigned, and we were happy that it reigned. We were happy with its rule. We were a willing participant, submitting to its rule. But now we're happy. We're to ha be happy to be freed from that life of yielding to sin and one unto righteousness to bring honor and glory 
unto our heavenly Father. Now, does this mean that believers who, who sin lose their salvation? Absolutely not. Many scriptures point that out and bear that out. All the scriptures that, that deal with, with those who, who hear and believe hath everlasting life. The ter- everlasting life denotes that, that we can never lose it. It's if we if we there's ever a time that we can lose it, then it would not be everlasting life. It would not be eternal life. But because it's eternal, we can never lose it. Then the passage of scripture that talk about upon our salvation and upon our hearing the word of God and believing the word of God, we were given the Holy Spirit a promise that it sealed us. That it was a, he was a down payment guaranteeing our safe arrival, guaranteeing our arrival into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So absolutely not. Cannot lose our salvation. Our salvation was not dependent on our righteous deeds. Our continued salvation is not dependent on our righteous deeds. Just as salvation was not dependent on our righteous deeds, our continuing in salvation is not dependent on our righteous deeds. Our salvation is dependent on the imputed righteousness of God. And so is our continuance in salvation. The righteousness of God. Turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 3. Chapter 3. And let's go down to verse 21. Read five or six verses here. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. You got it? We have the righteousness of God because we have believed, because we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So therefore, it's based on belief in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. You see, it's through faith in His blood, His shed blood, 
to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him was in Jesus. Let me ask you, is God eternal? Is God holy and righteous and just? If God is eternal, then his righteousness is eternal. If God is holy and just and righteous, then his righteousness is holy for eternity, never to end. And so we've been given his righteousness and imputed righteousness. Turning with me now to chapter 4, looking at verse 3. For once saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Book of Genesis chapter 15 tells us that. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. His faith is imputed for righteousness. He that believes has the imputed righteousness of God placed in his count. From his account, sin is wiped out. It is gone. It's no longer there. Praise God. And in his place is the righteousness of God. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom the God imputeth righteousness without works. See, it's without works. It's without anything that we have done or could do or can do. And so our salvation, the continuance of our salvation is not based upon anything that you or I could do, can do to keep it. It's all dependent upon our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God. We are saved by His power. We're saved by His power. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. Verse, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But it's by the power of God. We're kept also by the power of God. Turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. In verse 5, 1 Peter 1 and verse 5, talking about the righteous here, those that, that are in Christ Jesus, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You see, we're kept by the power of God. We're saved by the power of God, and we're kept by the almighty power of God. Now, back to the thought in our text. The one who apostatizes, that is, he makes a profession of faith, 
and seems to run a good race for a while. Appears, appears to walk, be walking in righteousness, but gets tired. He gets tired of it. He gets tired of the walk because it's not real. His heart is a fleshly heart and it's pulling him somewhere else. And he falls back into an open life of sin and, and he dies, our text said. He dies in that sin. He dies in that iniquity. He does not, as we would say in theological terms, he does not persevere to the end. Took with, turn with me to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians in chapter 6. And in verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In other words, we continue on in righteousness, persevere on in righteousness. We're going to reap. We're going to reap the reward. One day we're going to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior. One day we're going to behold Him face to face. But see, the imposter, the false professor, he does not endure. He faints. <laughs> he grows weary. grows tired. And he too is going to reap in due time. Same text in Galatians chapter 6 tells us that whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew in chapter 10. Look with me at verse. 22. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22. Here in this 10th chapter, Jesus is sending forth the 12 to the cities of Israel, the house of Israel, to preach the gospel. In verse 22 says, says to them, Jesus says to them, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. You see, the fact that, that, that he endures until he, his death, he, from the time of his profession, and all through his life, he continues to walk in the paths of righteousness and holiness. And, and, and he endures right up to the time that he, his body is laid in the grave. The time that his spirit leaves the body. 
he's saved. Manifesting that he's saved. That he's truly a saved individual. The book of John. The book of John in chapter 8. And look with me at verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. They said they believed on him. But if you follow on through down past verse 31, you'll find out that Jesus said, you're, you're of your father the devil. But then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue, notice that, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If you continue to walk the walk, if you continue to walk in the word of God, in the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you love me, Jesus said, in John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, he said. You'll continue to obey the word. Then are you my disciples. Indeed, Jesus said to these professing Jews, turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 125. In verse 1. Psalms 125 and verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. Didn't say we were Mount Zion, but we shall be as Mount Zion. Mount Zion is never going to be removed. Mount Zion still stands today. And Jerusalem still sits there on Mount Zion. But that is the Mount of God. It's the Mount that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule from as King during the millennial reign. Even in the eternal ages and in the book of Revelation chapter 21 we see the holy city Jerusalem coming down and where is Jerusalem? It sets upon Mount Zion. And who's ruling there in this city? The Lord Jesus Christ along with his bride and God the Father along with his bride they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. We shall persevere till the end of this life and continue on in the life to come. Praise God. What a blessed hope the true child of God has. Turn with me, book of Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter 43 
In verse 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Oh, what a verse of comfort to the child of God. You see, he doesn't promise to take away the waters. He doesn't promise to take away the rivers. He doesn't promise to take away the floods. He doesn't promise to take away those fiery trials. But he promises to deliver us through them all. That's, that's those trials of life that the child of God endures in his life. The book of Job in the book of Job in chapter 17 in verse 9 the righteous also shall hold on his way. <laughs> I mean, we got to hold on the way. Oh, we might stumble, but the 119th Psalms tells us that he's there to, to pick us up, to keep us from utterly falling away. He's there to pick us up. The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. <laughs> You see, we're, we're going to wax stronger and stronger. That's, that's growth and grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. God does not save because of our good works. Already read Romans chapter 4. Four and verses 4 and 5 that give us that indication. If a man seems to be, to be walking in righteousness, those good works do not save him. Another passage in, in the book of Romans is found in, in the 11th chapter. The book of Romans in chapter 11 which gives clarification to this thought of works and grace. In verse 6, it says, And if by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. <laughs> you see, it, it can't be of both. It's of one or the other. And if it's, it's, a, and if it's of works, <laughs> well, then you have your reward. It's not an eternal reward. It's a reward here on this earth, but it does not endure for eternity. You need 
the grace of God. You need the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is, is repentance and faith. And eternal life. Praise God for that eternal life. And he returns to his life of sin. This, 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 this man, this man who apostatizes, this imposter, he returns to his life of sin. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. The 26th chapter. Proverbs 26, verse 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. You see that imposter, that that one who made a profession of faith that it was not real. Just a matter of time. He's going to return to his following in the filth. Turn with me to Second Peter. Second Peter in chapter two. And look with me at verse twenty two. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog has turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Just as, as you can take a pig, you can take a sow and you can wash them off and get them all cleaned up and smelling good, the first chance they get, they're going to go back out there to rooting in the ground and rooting on themselves a hole to wallow in the mud hole. Because that's what they are. They're a pig. You can't expect any more from a pig than that. The dog is going to return to its own vomit. Because it's a dog. That's what a dog does. And you can't expect it to do anything else. And so the one who is a mere professor of faith, but has not true faith, is going to return to his wallowing. We are saved because of the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Chapter five. And verse twenty-one. <clears throat> for he hath made him, that is God hath made Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Romans chapter 3 and verses 21 and 
22. We just read them earlier, but we're going to close with these two verses. <coughs> but now the righteousness of God, without the law, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference. All of them. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're red, yellow, black, or white. It doesn't matter what your nationality is. If you look to Jesus Christ in faith, believing the righteousness of God is imputed to your account and you are saved you are truly saved and truly born again but this man in our text has said that he never truly looked to Jesus Christ by faith and trust in him and never had the righteousness of God imputed to his account. So after a while, he returned to what he delighted in, to what he gloried in. The works of darkness, the workers of darkness do not like the light. They hate the light. They despise the light because the light Deeds. We have to stop with that this evening.